Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Three Questions. I'm Andy Richter. I'm your host. Today, I am talking to the very hilarious Fortune Feimster. Fortune is a comedian, actress, and podcast host. You can see Fortune live right now on her Live, Laugh, Love with an exclamation point tour or check out her podcast, Handsome, with Tig Notaro and Mae Martin. Fortune joined me live in the studio. Here's my conversation with Fortune Feimster. Fortune Feimster, hello. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What are we? What are we catching you in? Like, what? What? What's your days like right now? Right now, I'm in the thick of my tour. Ew. I know. Do you like that? I mean, do you like touring? I love the shows. Right. The shows are amazing. It's like this electric, positive, joy-filled room. Yeah. I love that. The traveling's gnarly. Yeah. Because at the end of this tour. I'll have done a hundred cities. Wow! But that's I'll have also I'm doing I'm working on another special. It'll be that'll be three specials in five years. Oh wow! Just, so it's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. And um, because I only did in between the Tonight Show and the TBS show, there was like mm-hmm. I don't know a period where Conan couldn't be on TV, so we yeah. went on tour, which was. Fun mm-hmm. and timely, and but main, I mean, truly, mainly to, a way to keep the band paid, right? Right, because yeah. there were lots of people that were still kind of under contract and that were like, I was paid, yeah, beyond the Tonight Show because it was whenever my contract ended, gotcha. But the band, we had, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you hire a band and you've got to p- fucking pay them for the rest of your life. <laughs> Um, That's why I'm not hired or a band. not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so we went on tour, and I just. I realized, like, oh my god! If I was on tour, I would be eight hundred pounds and oh, just booze. It is so just hard, booze, so hard know. to be healthy. Yeah, I had lost a bunch of weight last year because I was filming this crazy big action series uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, right, and I was right. like, I can't be a slob. Yeah, yeah. Around Arnold, I know, and I know. So I pulled it together, which I was pretty proud of. And literally, as soon as they were like, cut, that's that's a wrap, I was like, <laughs> cheeseburgers, and went insane. There just been a big, a big car built like a cheeseburger that you got into and drove I away mean, from the set on. It felt like I did that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, metaphorically, but 
Um, yeah, I went, I just went off the rails yeah. and, and went right back into tour and, uh, that does not help. So we're going to be doing a season two and my wife was like, uh, you might want to pull it together. <laughs> and I'm like, but I love cheeseburgers. Um, pull so, the control stick back. Yeah. You're so in a dive. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Right at the holidays. The perfect time. I know. I know. I started trying to pull it together. Yeah. Yeah, see, I lost a bunch of I uh I got divorced, mm-hmm. um, which is a great weight loss technique. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, it was, but I mean, uh, you know, I I there was just so much emotional turmoil that I didn't mm-hmm. eat for a long time, and then I kind of was like, you know, it's like I always, you know, like when you get the stomach flu for a week, yeah, and you can't really eat, and you look at the, the scale, and you're like, oh, I lost about six yeah. or seven pounds. <laughs> I might as well kind of lean into this, this now. Is not yeah. bad. I got a, a headwind here, uh-huh. and I I lost like forty pounds. Yeah. I was feeling better about myself than I had in ages, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. Ugh, and it yeah. was, I just was like, I don't know why I thought like, no, no, the, yeah. There's sort of like societal rules, yeah. That have shut down, but nutritional rules haven't changed. <laughs> yeah, true. They're all the same. Like well, if you eat every fucking carb in the house, I know. You know, but when you felt like the world was ending, and you didn't have to put on pants with a button on it, yes, those two combos are yes, great. Yes, yes, I know, I know. Like I, I even clocked it. I think it was. I went like months and months without putting on socks. Yeah. Like, just because it was like, why yeah. the fuck would I put on socks? I don't need these. Yeah, I don't need these things. <laughs> and they're all the way down there. I got to put them on. Yeah. They're way down there on on the property. And I know. And and when your belly's hanging out, I can't. It's harder for me to get down there to yeah. put the socks on. <laughs> that's, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> um, it's wild, though, because we do feel better when we're when we reeled it in. So. Oh, it's. I mean, I know everything there is to know yeah. about. Being skinny and being fat and eating and nutrition and, you know, and like, yeah. I, you know, I occasionally get people online. Like there was the most, like there was one I posted, it was a, it was, a, there was some kind of special about late night comedy on CNN mm-hmm. and somebody put a clip of it on and then I, and I, and I didn't even see it, yeah. you know, I, but I, I put it on Instagram and then uh-huh. some guy came on and he was like, he was like. Dude, your weight is out of control. You seriously got to stop. And then said something like, call me. I'm a trainer. Oh, Which nice. I just was like. Like, prob- I was like problem yeah, solved. Yeah, yeah. And it was, but I was just like, I was just astounded at somebody that thinks it's okay to say to a total stranger. Yeah. My God, you're alarming. I your mean- physicality is alarming <laughs> to me. I'm, I'm hitting a siren right yeah. now because of the way you look. That's the entire internet. <laughs> it's like fucking crazy. Yeah. And, then, and then to think like, oh, and by the way, you can pay me to spend more time yeah, with right. me. Like the guy that just said you were alarmingly fat. <laughs> Want to hang out with me? You can pay yeah. money to do it. You I would can... love to employ this mean person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this guy that makes, well, right off the bat, he made me feel shitty about myself. So I was like, please give me yeah, more. more of that. And I, so, I mean, they, whenever anybody's like, you, you know, you know, it's, yeah. it's like when, you know, when I used to smoke cigarettes. Right. Got to stop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. I know. I'm aware. It's not so, you know, my older daughter, uh, my son has a terrible procrastination problem. Mm-hmm. And my daughter doesn't. Right. 
And she's like, why doesn't he just do a little bit of his homework every night? Yeah. And I was like, that's saying like, why don't people not murder? Right. Like, you know, we're yeah. all driven to do something. Yeah. You know, I'm saying that I am equating my son's procrastination with, with murder. murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, well, so you're on the road and yeah. the, the, you, the, the shows are fun. I mean, yeah. you, and when you're doing like, I'm always interested to just like from like a. I never, I mean, I've done like dabbled in stand up, mm-hmm. but I always wonder that that sort of ratio of material that you're working on for a new special versus just kind of stuff that kind of fills it out right. and for a while. Yeah. While you're touring and, you know, you're going to Lincoln, Nebraska. And mm-hmm. like, is that that night, is that like all stuff for the new hour or is it kind of a mix? And let's yeah. see. In the beginning, it's very much a mix um, because you have no idea like what's going to stand the test of time because something that could kill for like three months suddenly just does not work. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's unfortunate (laughs) because you really worked on it. But you just have to always kind of be shifting the material. It really is like a puzzle piece. I remember my last hour, I was I was rewriting transitions day of. I mean, mm. it, it, you're like punching stuff up constantly. Right now I have, um, I'm really trying to nail it down so that from January to when I film in April, it's like, this is going to be the best version of this right. that I can have. And are um, you going to make a text? Is there going to be like a very specific text? Yeah. Or it'll all be kind of, oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm do very, you always work that way? I do because I, I am, I'm a writer, so I, yeah. I have to write it all out and I, I'll add things like kind of off the cuff if it in the moment the crowd's giving me something that inspires me to take it one way or another. But I always know where we're going, yeah, and where you know the journey that we're on. Because my I, I tell really long stories. I've really leaned into storytelling. Yeah. So my stories are like eight to ten minutes. It's hard to kind of just love. Sure, see sure. What happens? Yeah, what yeah. you do in the beginning, but not once you're working on that special. I'm throwing in crowd work right now because that's kind of the thing yeah. people are enjoying. Uh, well, at, that's the thing that, that stand-ups that are stingy yeah. with their material share. Exactly. Because it's all one-offs and they don't have to. Yeah, that and that's the thing. People are consuming so much content right now, and comedy is very popular. Yeah. That if I, I can't put my act on TikTok, then what am I going to be? Yeah. Putting on Netflix, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so crowd work is kind of the way to to solve that. Well, here's some funny right. interactions. But when I when I started stand-up, crowd work was very much frowned upon. It was like a sign that you didn't have material. Right. And people were like, oh, they're doing crowd work. They clearly don't have an act. Right, uh, right. But I started an improv at the Groundlings. So I was like, crowd work to me is fun. Oh, crowd work's the best. Yeah. Yeah. You're just making stuff up. When I first got on the Conan show, some, you know, they, I got like an extra way to make money was like, go do college talks. Yeah. And I would do, I had like a presentation Mm -hmm. that was kind of just about like showbiz questions and stuff. But I, by the time I stopped doing it, I would be like, Here's 20 minutes of planned shit. Now yeah. let's get to the Q&A. For you know? sure. Yeah, yeah. let's talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a mixed bag right now, but come January, it'll be headed towards that, that yeah. very tight hour. Yeah. Do you find that, because being a stand-up is, by definition, you're not really playing with others. 
You know right. what I mean? You're kind of <laughs> yeah. you're the only game in town yeah. for that moment. Mm-hmm. And is that do you like that to the exclusion of of working? I mean, you said you started yeah. at the at the Groundlings, mm-hmm. so you're used to being on stage with other people. Yeah, I mean, I interact with the crowd quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, even if I'm in my um in my story, I'm making eye contact with people. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, ma'am? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I like that sort of thing. I think the thing a lot of people have felt with me. Um, because I started my career uh, at with Chelsea lately, so yeah, you probably have this too, where you're in people's. Well, I know you have this too. You're in people's homes yeah. late at night. They're going to bed watching you. Yeah, they feel like they know you. Yeah, so I have a very familiar uh, rapport yeah. with audiences where we're just like high fiving, "What's up, bud?" Yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a horse and cart thing too, because mm-hmm. you're also your personality. Yeah, I mean that's probably, yeah, lends part itself of it, to that, yeah. and that's why you were good on Chelsea lately. And Chelsea lately is why you, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like you don't know where one starts and the other ends. Well, because I'm, you know, from this tiny town in the south, eight thousand yeah. people. Yeah, the idea that I could a live in Los Angeles uh, longer than a year seemed like that yeah. that will never happen. Yeah. and then to make it in this business just seemed like you're crazy that, yeah. that is not no i know an attainable goal i know so it, i i think i just have this thing of like i can't believe i'm here yeah so i'm just like a little golly shucks sometimes right 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 <laughs> yeah and that's why and it's like that's i always find too there's a in terms of like being approachable and being nice and stuff because i mean i get the same thing because i you know people i guess my persona is fairly Likeable, approachable, yeah, normal sure. person, mm-hmm. which I am that, but not as much as, you know, not like come bellow at the in, right. uh, interrupt our dinner, <laughs> right, kind of, right, you know, yeah. in the middle of our dinner. Yeah. But I do feel like, I, like, who am I to, to be above people, you know, yeah. like wanting to get For in the sure. mix a yeah. little bit? Because it's like, I mean, there's a lot of like, who am I to be a big shot? There's a lot of that. You yeah. Know? Well, I think that's probably the comedian in us, the self-deprecation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you you want to take a picture with me? Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But Although there's a lot of comedians. And <laughs> that's true. They're like, oh, they you know. want a picture with me. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I'm Phoebe Judge host of the podcast, This Is Love. Stories about love and all of the surprising forms it can take. Like a man who finds a baby on a subway platform. A woman who spends most of her time alone until a fox starts coming around. And in one of my favorite episodes, we meet a man who forgot his wife and had to get to know her and fall in love all over again. Listen to new episodes of This Is Love wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm John Lovett, host of Love It or Leave It. Every week, I'm joined live on stage by incredible guests to break down the biggest and dumbest stories in politics and pop culture. And now, because there's too much news for just one show, join me and my friends, also known as beloved producers who have to be there, every Tuesday for a rundown of the latest headlines to help get you through another flawless week in our perfect society. Listen to episodes of Love It or Leave It wherever you get your podcasts, or catch the funniest moments on the Love It or Leave It YouTube channel. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Are you the only girl in your family? I am. You I'm grew the, up in a troop of boys. Yeah, yeah. Two and are you brothers. the youngest? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're the youngest. Wow, yeah, the baby. And uh, were you always kind of the the baby in the center of attention? Or I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. Right, <laughs> you right. Know, my brothers would probably say yes. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, my parents split when I was 12. Okay. So they kind of had, my brothers got to have sort of the nuclear family thing, you know, right. where like we were, we were trying to be uh, a family that like sat down for dinner and like, uh, you know, they, there were certain things that come with being uh, all together that went, once I was 12, my parents were like, oh, this is hard. You get, you're good, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so, they kind of, they, they both had a moment of like trying to just like recover from that, you know? Yeah. And I was sort of like, hello, hey guys, hello. So probably my uh, lack of attention is probably what led me right. here, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, I, and so I got uh, a lot of validation from being the overachiever. Mm. Uh, school for me was like, oh, this is my place. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be good at academics and I'm going to play a lot of sports and I'm going to be on a lot of clubs. And this is the way I'm going to get those pats on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all motivated by you. That wasn't like your folks pushing Mm-mm. you into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just always was like. I was such a dork. I had like perfect attendance for like yeah. six years. I just wanted to achieve. Yeah. Um. And and I do think it came from just like wanting attention, yeah. wanting pe- someone to say good job. You and know? was was home unhappy? I mean, because that I think because I know definitely yeah. through some of my school years, I was doing stuff just because it's like. Yeah, I gotta go back to that place. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, there were plenty of happy. My mom always is like, it was happy too. Yeah, my mother said that. If you talk about the family, at least say something nice. Exactly. Yeah, you know, to balance it. Yeah. So, mom. There were plenty of happy times. We 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 were well fed. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I have to roof over your head. Um. (laughs) Because there were so many other kids sleeping in yards. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But yeah, it was a, it was not always the happiest place. At, yeah. at, at, there was a lot of fighting and a lot of just chaos. A lot of a lot of chaos at that time. So yeah, for me, school was the escape. Yeah. Like, get me out of here. Yeah. This is not, you know, the place I want to be. And and my parents, God bless them, did the best they could. Yeah. Um, but just were kind of, yeah, like I said, just sort of who am I now? Yeah. They were married for twenty three years and it, you know, fell apart and they both were just like, yeah, what now? Yeah. Um, and as a an adult now, I can see, yeah, that would be pretty devastating as, you know, adults to be going through that. But right. as a kid, <laughs> you're just like, yeah, guys, I'm going to need y'all to pull it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of the, like, little adult. Yeah. I was the, like, yeah, the one that was just kind of like, 
I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, my oldest brother is seven years older than me. So when they got divorced, he was going off to college. Yeah. So he was kind of already on that path of being an adult. My other brother was 16. So he could at least drive uh, and get out of there and do whatever. And I was yeah. just like, oh, my God. What yeah. yeah. But, my, but my grandmother lived around the corner um, and was my real anchor. Yeah. And the person that kept me from being a real turd. Uh, yeah. In what sense? In what sense? Because I think like if, you were going to be boosting cars or something if you weren't for grandma. I don't know that I had that in me. Yeah, but I, you know, I my friends were starting to dabble with drinking and oh. partying, and I just always had this sense of responsibility towards. I don't want to disappoint her. I don't yeah. want to bum her out. I just had that from a very early age of like, oh, what what would my grandmother think? She just had such an influence on me from such a small, uh, such a young age that um, I just kind of, yeah, I think I, I don't know that I would have been like Jack in cars, but you know, at least a little bit more of a party girl and she kind of kept me responsible. And then she got cancer my senior of high school at, at at a very pivotal time where I was starting to drink and like, am I going to try this cigarette? And and I had like a whole, I had like a gym bag of like, you know, Boone's Farm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> these malt liquor drinks. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and when I found out she got sick, they gave her, you know, a, a timeline. I remember I took that bag and tossed it into a, into a, um, dumpster wow and that was that and i i really after she died uh the day after i moved to college uh like we kind of always um i know this sounds like very hippy dippy but my family felt like she kind of waited to see me off to school like she was such a a believer of mine and such a cheerleader of mine and always wanted to see me succeed and told my mom that, you know, I'm going to see her off to school. And the, the the doctor had given her like two weeks to live. She ended up living like three months Wow. Uh, and mo- and died the day after I moved to college. And so I just had this new look on life of uh, because my mom's boyfriend at the time was a cancer doctor and uh-huh. they studied her cancer. Uh, she had a, a skin cancer. She was 86. So it wasn't like she was like a tanning bed yeah. kind of gal. She had skin cancer here. And it it went inside and uh, it wrapped around her head, her brain, and her spinal cord. Now, for three months, she never once said, ouch, this sucks. You know, I'm hurting. She just was as lovely as ever and held on for all that time in pain to see me off to college. Yeah, And, and she was... Conscious and yeah, and yeah. Alert and t- and until yeah. like very end, right. when I say goodbye to her, she was unconscious, and and I thought this person made that sacrifice for me. She held on to yeah. see me make something of myself. Yeah, how can you be a turd? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So right, exactly. I, she just really influenced me in a way that was very meaningful at a very pivotal time in my life. Yeah, well, that's great. That, yeah. I mean, that's really it's uh, you know. Everyone should have a dying grandmother that sends them off to I school. I highly recommend it. Yeah, guys, get on that. Get well, on that, and everybody. She, <clears throat> she is the reason I have the name Fortune. Um, she It was her, her mother's maiden name. Oh, wow. And she always wanted that to be my name. My mom thought it was such a, a big name. She thought um, it's too big. 
that I would have to. She literally <laughs> said she'd have to be Miss America to live yeah. up to a name like that. Yeah. Which, how dare she not think <laughs> I could do that? Um, <laughs> so my grandmother's always was like, she's fortunate. She's fortunate. And my mom was like, no, she's Emily. Um, and my so my middle name was Fortune. Uh, and then after she died, I started using Fortune as a nod to her um, because she really did instill a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'd always thought, well, I can be Emily in life and Fortune on stage, and it just doesn't work like that. No. I quickly was Are like, you Fortune everywhere? I'm such a Fortune. Yeah, Emily yeah. is like, but even when I was going by my first name and when I was young, no one called me Emily. They called me Feemster or Feemy or Femer. So it just yeah, wasn't yeah. wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was the version my mom wanted me to be. The right. quintessential little girl in dresses. Yeah. And my grandma was like, "No, this old dyke's name fortune." <laughs> <laughs> Do you think your grandma knew, was hip to that? I don't know. Tr- truth be told, yeah. I didn't come out until I was twenty five, and she was she died when I was eighteen. So I'm sure. I I mean. It's so hard to know at that time period, like what someone her age thought of gay people. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. Or did they think about them? I know she said the word queer a lot, but in the term of like that's weird. Yeah, which is, yeah. And and not and and in no regulation or thinking of gay people in any right. way. So she wasn't like some homophobe. Um, I just don't think she thought about it. Right. But you know. She probably saw me, you know, playing soccer and in Umbros all the time yeah. and thought, well, this is going to be hard to yeah. nail down a boyfriend. She's a tomboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in air quotes. She really wanted me to marry my neighborhood friend who was just the gayest boy <laughs> you could imagine. <laughs> There's a pair. These two like each other. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, like crazy. They have a natural, they're naturally have an affinity for each other. Interesting. Yeah, we're like each other's prom dates. Like, you'll yeah, do this yeah, with me, yeah, right? Yeah. That's so funny. He's like, yeah. I'll make muffins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, it is just so funny because the old, like my my ex-wife's mom mm-hmm. is from Louisiana and very Catholic. And, yeah. And my ex-wife would tell me, and I saw it in action, that you know, there were different priests and brothers and, you know, there was like mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a whatever the a, oh, like, a monastery. A parish? Or- yeah, a monastery. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So okay. there were like lots of different, you know, religious mm-hmm. clergy coming in. And my ex-wife told me that whenever she would say like, oh, you know, Father Patrick is so holy. Yeah. It just meant gay. Oh, wow. Like when she'd really? say, oh, he's so holy. <laughs> he's just got this holiness about him. Yeah. And then later on, she figured, oh, no, that just means they're gay. That's so interesting. We went to yeah. mass once, and, like, then the priest was, he was really. Pretty gay. Yeah, he was pretty gay. AKA as far holy. as, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's so holy. Yeah. Just so holy. I mean, it would have, I'm always curious, what would she have thought? I mean, I, I know she would have loved me and accepted me no matter what. but. Right. It would have been weird to have that coming out conversation to yeah. my 80-something-year-old grandma. Well, it's always weird. I I mean, I still, like, sometimes feel like a little kid. Or you think about, like, like it just seems like, from my perspective, and it's a very childlike perspective, it's like nobody had sex before 1940. Mm-hmm. And, no, you know, and, like, yeah. gayness was invented in the 60s. Right. Because no one ever talked about it. You know, but yeah. you know that, like... 
Yeah. There were people living in small towns and they knew that like, oh, the pharmacist is a homosexual. Yeah. They just knew it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it wasn't kosher to, right. to say anything about it or, you know, if there was judgment about yeah. it. But I think people just didn't talk about it. At least yeah. in my hometown, there were people who were gay and they would be married in yeah. a heterosexual relationship. But the town just kind of was like, oh, yeah, he's pretty gay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this is his wife. He's like, this is my wife, Pam. Yeah, <laughs> you know? wow. Pam's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> he's like, don't touch me, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, well, were you, I, I mean, uh, were you always, you You obviously like being a good girl. Mm-hmm. and And you, and the, to me, it's like, when you said something about like in school, like I can understand because it's all very clear cut. Yeah. Like you do this, like, mm-hmm. and if you can do it, do this reading and take these tests. Yeah. And then you'll get, you'll get a big, you know, big good, a, a yeah. good feeling at the yep. end and uh-huh. everyone will say good job. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is kind of like a natural thing, but then there is kind of usually with comedians, like kind mm-hmm. of a, class clown kind of aspect right it's a little yeah. bit subversive mm-hmm. and a little bit like i mean i speak for myself to you know I, the only yeah. trouble i ever got in was because i couldn't not say something yeah you're like Just i've got smart, a witty yeah, retort here, hold on <laughs> i know this is gonna be getting me in trouble yeah. but here we go you can't help yourself yeah, yeah. yeah yeah especially if it's a good one for sure yeah. get that zinger out yeah. there yeah I had a little bit of that, uh, but I, mine came in waves. Yeah. Um, I was pretty shy growing up, uh, but would have moments of like, oh, like all of a sudden I'm dancing in front of a bunch of people, and they're like, where'd that come from? Yeah. Uh, probably that that the younger days were just being self conscious about being a chubby kid, and um, you know, just not n- not having the confidence to say the joke. Uh, but as I got older and got into high school, I started feeling better about myself and started gaining some confidence um, to the point where I would start cracking jokes. I wasn't unruly where it was like, here yeah. she goes again. Right, right. Um, but I definitely, by the time I was like a senior, I think people were like, oh, she's funny. Yeah. Um, but again, not to the extent, especially in my small town, She's going to go to the big city one day. And, right, right, right. And be in old Hollywood. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have guessed that. Um, but I definitely, um, I, I would watch like SNL or I would watch, you know, people doing the big characters and, and being silly. And that always resonated with me where I would like watch Will Ferrell or some somebody or yeah. Molly Shannon and then go... Um, to my tennis team at practice and do like Mary Catherine Gallagher. So I would, you know, use their bits to make right, people right, laugh. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's, I think, the standard, mm-hmm. yeah. And did you start to think like I that you wanted to be kind of part of that world at this time? I mean, when do you start thinking, I mean, what are you thinking you're going to do with your, you know, I, I yeah. know how much kids think about like, what, what's my career goal? <laughs> what's my goal? path? Yeah. Um, I really didn't know. I st- I did discover theater in college, which mm-hmm. um I had never done before, and I I got to be in a couple plays, but mm-hmm. I had terrible stage fright. Um, where I couldn't, I was be- I was more of the class clown in college, like very, uh, I had reached way more confidence, and I was um ma- made a lot of friends, and they and and my my theater 
professor could never understand. He's like, you're so confident out here. And then as soon as you step on the stage, it's like deer in the headlights. And mm-hmm. I, was, I could not explain where that came from or why. So I didn't have a lot of success in the theater. We also weren't doing comedies. You know, I, was, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like a... I'm like this Southern girl trying to do Shakespeare. Yeah. And my accent was like 10 times worse than this. I yeah. was like, wherefore thou, you know, <laughs> you're like, we don't want that. We don't want yeah. that from you. Out, out, yeah. Jelly. <laughs> so, um, I think it was also just kind of discovering, I hadn't discovered comedy. Well, actually that's not true. I went to a, what are they called? Improv Olympics? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was in them. Oh, you were? Yeah. 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 So they had one of those in, I, was, I went to school in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, you? that's probably comedy sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. one, that yeah, one. Yeah. And um, and th- I had never seen improv before. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. I loved it. They looked like they were having the best time. And they go, oh, and you can be a part of this too. We have a free class. And I went to the free class, loved it. And they were like, oh, you know, well, now if you want to continue, it's like 600 bucks. Right. And I was like, I don't have 600 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And that was the end of that. So I I knew early on there was something there for me. I just didn't have the money to do it. Yeah. So I eventually, I think I thought I would be on a more academic path, like Uh go to grad school. At one point, I think I thought I'd be a lawyer, which now seems insane to me Uh because I could not want anything less. But I just didn't know what was available to me. And then um, got a couple opportunities to speak, do like big public speaking things. Like uh, I spoke at my college graduation. Is that and, just because you were a good student? or um, It was voted on, I believe. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, this is who we want to be our speaker. Um, and just that, that reaction from the crowd. I made people laugh in the beginning and then um, had some like Milton Berle quotes and like Try to, you know, how say something, you know, yeah. even though you're 22, you don't really know what you're doing yourself. Yeah. I just remember that feeling of it being an amazing feeling. I was like, how can I do this? Yeah. Um, but again, that doesn't seem like a career path. So I just didn't, I didn't have money and I didn't have connections and I just didn't know like what could be. And then I Got very lucky. I got an opportunity to do more, like a PA job in, in L.A. And I was like, oh, that that could be like a cool life experience. Mm-hmm. And went out to L.A. to do that. What what was it on? Uh, it was for an actress that well, she was the, the commencement speaker at that graduation. Oh. Yeah. So we hit it off. And it, and it, oh, what, it, the Emily Proctor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she was from North Carolina. She needed help, and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, so I just went out to work out here for her and was a terrible assistant, terrible PA. <laughs> I mean, I can't put my it own also, life together. It all know? sounds really weird, too, like a con- commencement speaker. And then, yeah. like, hey, you know, it sounds either like you, like, climbed into her luggage and, and stowed away it with her. Feel like or she that. just was like, I'm here shopping for an assistant. You there. I don't know. I think that that whole thing was so, like, an accident. I think it was an accident. Yeah. Someone told me she was looking for one, and... And I ran, this is so random, started babysitting her best friend's kids because I was. um. And this is all after the this whole. This is all after oh, graduation. Yeah, yeah. And her friend was like, wait, did you just speak at your graduation? And I was like, yeah, how did you know that? And she's like, I'm Emily's best friend. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it was all these weird coincidences. Right, right. And that was back when you would 
call a house phone, which right. seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if and people would pick up. People would pick yeah, up. Yeah. And she was called the house phone. And when you're babysitting, they want you to pick up because it could be them. Sure. And it was her. And I, I was like, someone told me you need an assistant. And she was kind of like, um, I guess. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> think she really was. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it all happened by tip, accident. Kids. Whenever you pick up the phone, tell the person, I hear you need an assistant. So I truly think it was a total accident. Yeah. But just kind of how I operated that time, I went through life very naively. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll do it. And she was like, okay. And then just ended up there at some point. And I did that for about a year and a half. And she were you living in her house? No, no, she wouldn't have wanted that. And I wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah, yeah. And it it was, listen, it was the thing that got me out here. Thank God. I'm very grateful for that. But that was not the job for me. Yeah. And she probably got much better help after me. Right. Um, But I started um, writing for a living after her neighbor wrote for the L.A. Daily News and the New York Daily News. And again, this freaking commencement speech. She's like, I heard you can write. I've heard about your commencement speech. Do you want to write for me part time? Uh, Go to premieres and interview people on red carpets. I'm 23. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I want to do that. (laughs) I'm I'm cleaning up cat shit over here. (laughs) (laughs) You'll pay me to do that? Yeah, of course I want to do that. And um, so I did that part time and it led to a full time gig. So for seven years, I was an entertainment journalist. Covering red carpets and for in, like L.A. Times or so it was um this this uh, journalist named Marilyn Beck um who was very popular on the West Coast I know that name she yeah. was very legendary in the journalism of uh, entertainment journalism yeah. world not like Liz Smith not gossipy like that but the sort of West Coast Liz yeah Smith. I'm sure I probably talked to her because I'm like I say certain, that name is like oh yeah I've seen yeah. that name on emails and stuff I'm yeah. certain yeah. um and that and and she was kind. Of retiring, but her the the person she uh, trained, Stacy, was running it, and we so we were right at that cusp of like CompuServe and AOL putting blasting news out to everyone's right, computer. Right, our stuff was all over people's homepages yeah. when they were just now discovering homepages. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were on the early trend of that, and then like uh, we were in like a hundred newspapers. It was. But it was all very like um, uh, I just interviewed people about their projects and I got to be kind of entertainment adjacent and I visited sets. So it was a great way for me to learn about the business uh, while I was doing Groundlings at night. Yeah, And it was probably all like short little punchy kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I got to there's there are a lot of people I've worked with now where I'm like. I'm like, you'll never remember this in a million years because all of us talk to people on the phone. If you don't see their face, you know, yeah, yeah. I go, I talked to you for 30 minutes and, you know, 2005, I'll say right, to somebody. Right, right. And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, I know. It's so tr-. I went to Sarah Silverman's set when she was doing her uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Silverman project her and program. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, ha- I was not in stand up yet. So I'm like, you know, it, it, these people I'm friends with now, I'll even run into publicists. On the red carpet from those days are photographers, and they're like, "Look at you!" I'm like, yeah, "That's yeah. trippy." Oh, yeah. that's fun. That's really mm-hmm. fun. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I'm Phoebe Judge, host of the podcast, This Is Love. Stories about love and all of the surprising forms it can take. Like a man who finds a baby on a subway platform. A woman who spends most of her time alone until a fox starts coming around. And in one of my favorite episodes, we meet a man who forgot his wife and had to get to know her and fall in love all over again. Listen to new episodes of This Is Love wherever you get your podcasts. Can't you tell my love's a crow? So when did you start, I mean, when did it start becoming, you know, I don't want to be reporting on it. I want to be making it yeah. in terms of the entertainment world. So I I kept going through the Groundlings program. And, you know, as, as I got higher up into that. And they I, get knocked back down. I know. It was so competitive. <laughs> My goal was SNL. Yeah. You know, that was the the path. That was the dream. I started stand-up. Um, someone, I started my own sketch group as I was doing Groundlings because at the time they did not have a lot of opportunities uh, for the students to perform. Yeah, and I remember going, "How how do we get better if we are yeah. not actually on stage? This seems impossible." So I started my own group with some friends from these classes, and we Just were, would play wherever. Yeah, we yeah, would book be, yourself do the... improv in the back of bars. Yeah. Our friends would pay five bucks. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. Then we started renting theaters and writing sketch shows, and 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 then someone came to that sketch show, and they're like, "You're a stand-up. Why are you not doing that?" I'm like, "It sounds very hard," and they're like, "Just take a class. Just do it." So that academic part of me was like, "Oh, I'll take a take class. Take a class. Yeah. All right, I can do that." Yeah. yeah. So I started at the comedy store up in the belly room, and and so I was doing these two worlds simultaneously, and just comedy was starting to be like, "Oh, I love." all of this yeah this is what i want to do and but you know it's a hard business to break into to make money at at, in 2010 was kind of my um crossroads the the newspaper business was plummeting Mm -hmm. um the company was like we can't you know we we're losing we're hemorrhaging money yeah we gotta let you go it sucks but it it gave me that like okay i gotta figure this out so i did last comic standing that year and I tested twice for SNL. They flew me out two summers in a row, and uh, I got very close, but yeah, no cigar. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, I know. Now that where I'm at, I'm like it wasn't meant to be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and it's yeah. You know, when you look at just how many people have been through SNL, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a guarantee that no things are going to go great. No, not you know? at all. And it's a hard environment. Really um, hard, yeah. It was cool just to get to do it, and and the the way I got to do it originally was the the first audition was insane. It was I never thought in a million years again that from my tiny town that something would come full circle. But yeah, a girl I grew up with was like sorority sisters with one of the producers, and she goes, you know, I asked her if you know how do you audition, and I'm like, yeah, right, like that's not gonna happen. She goes, no, she said send a tape. I go, wait, what? And she's like, <laughs> send a tape. She'll watch it. And I go, oh, and all these years I'm in L.A. trying you know, f- trying to find any in. Yeah. And it's my freaking friend from home. 
yeah. her her producer friend watched it and sent it up the ladder. Wow! And they called me three o'clock on like a Wednesday, and they said, "Get on a plane. We want you to audition, but you got to get on a plane tonight. Yeah, and audition in New York City tomorrow morning." But I think, in a way, that audition was better than my next one, where I had time to think about it. Time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally Mm -hmm. would. uh, That's I would uh, definitely rather just have it thrown on me because I'll fuck it up. (laughs) I know. I you overthink it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you start to be calculated about like, well, what do they want to see? Which is always deadly. Mm -hmm. Like you got to do what you do. You can't do what you think they want to see. And that's what I did the second one. I I, I was trying to be more doing bigger things. And I I did this dance at the end where in in the original dance, I danced to donuts, but I didn't have access to it. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to dance to carrots. I'm going to change it up. And the carrots flew out of my pants. And I'm like <laughs> dancing, like picking up carrots. I'm like, this is a disaster. Yeah, so, yeah. But it was such a cool thing to get to do. And then six months later, after my second audition, I got the opportunity to work at Chelsea. And Chelsea's where people really started to get to know you. Yeah. I mean, that that whole show like really saved my butt. Yeah. I was like at the, a year into not doing journalism anymore, not making money. I literally had no money left. I was done. And I would have figured something out. I would have gone to Starbucks, whatever. I would have waited tables, whatever I needed to do. But I had no money. And I submitted a writing packet to be a writer on the show. Just from a friend, yeah. They were doing like a wide... Like, yeah, cast a writer call. Like, everybody that's a writer, they got like 300 submissions. Yeah. And, uh, and was that through an agent or through yeah, somebody that you uh, knew? Through, uh, yeah. A, oh, through uh, an agent. Yeah. yeah. And, um, because yeah, so often it happens in the beginnings of shows yeah. like that where it's just, it's all, and I mean, and people would be frustrated by this because the Conan show is like that. Yep. There were, I mean, there were definitely people that were hired off of resumes, but then mm-hmm. there were other people that were known by somebody Exi- that was already yeah. in. And people, you, you know, they'll get like, well, you got to know some. It's like, no, you just got yeah. I mean, to know somebody, but you got to know somebody and be funny in, in front of them yeah. for a long time mm-hmm. if they're funny and they, you know, you got to get a, gain their trust. Right. For them that to you know what you're doing. Stick their neck out and for you. I always you. look at it too. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to open up, like a sandwich shop, mm-hmm. you're going to be in that sandwich shop 12 hours a day. So why not hire somebody that you know you can spend 12 <laughs> yeah, hours a day sure. with? You know, that's a for big sure. factor that plays into it. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, my voice could not be more different from Chelsea. Sure, and sure. So, which is what I'm yeah. sure she had a sense to yeah. highlight that. Yeah. I still remember writing like Harry Potter jokes, like for her, like yeah. food jokes. I don't know how I got my uh, my foot in the door there, but somehow I went up the ladder. And uh, had you ever met her prior to that? Never. Yeah. I, I was actually trying to get on the round table, yeah. and was being told I was too low energy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so I love that. You just never know where yeah. you know. And uh, met with her, and now that I know her, I am grateful that I was the first one up of like the first of like maybe seven meetings that day mm. and 10 minutes into my meeting with her she just got up mid out of you know mid sentence and was like thank you and i was like oh i blew it and she just decided that that's that'll do and didn't want to meet the other seven people 
And so I'm like, thank God I was first So they up. sent the rest of them home? I guess, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, because wow. that was that. And I got the job the next day, and it changed everything. Yeah, yeah. That is the show that everyone was telling me no back then. That was when, back then, was being unique was not in your favor. No. They did not know what to do with and me. And even they would tell you, we want you to be unique. And then mm-hmm. once they get you in, you're there. It's happened to me so much. Yeah. We love you. We want your voice. Yeah. And then you get in. It's like, could you be more like other stuff? Yeah. That actually is working already somewhere else. For sure. And and she was the first person that was like, you're different. And I like that. Yeah. Um. And she was so her saying yes to me made other people finally yeah. say yes to me. Yeah. So it, that those doors finally got open from that show. And I have been working ever since. Thank, yeah. Thank God. Now, we. What I were you hired mainly as a writer, and then and then the on camera stuff started to happen, mm-hmm. just sort of organically from being around. Yeah. yeah, I was hired as I was hired as a writer, but they put me on the show like a week into it. Really? Yeah, because I, I was doing the Groundling simultaneously. Still, I was in their Sunday company. Uh, so her producers had come to see me perform sketch and knew I could do a bunch of characters and yeah. stuff. And they're like, just so you know, we're gonna like come up with an idea in the morning and you're going to have to shoot it like an hour later. And I'm like, great. Yeah. I yeah. do that like all the time. Like yeah, the yeah. Groundlings is such intense training. Right. I was like, there's nothing you can throw at me that I'll be like, oh, yeah. this is hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and That's they, the beauty of yeah. improv is that it really does make you feel like, oh, well, shit. You yeah, know. which is what... Wait, there are lines? That yeah. You already wrote the lines? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's easy, yeah. Which is what helped me get over that stage fright. Yeah. Improv. I, it, it was the tool I needed that got me out of my head. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so they were just like, oh, just have fortune to it. They just started popping me and all right, these things right. and nice. then i was on the round table like maybe a month in wow um so yeah that that it was nice because i i never even though i am a writer and you have to write to do what we do i i my goal is always to be a comedian yeah um once i got into comedy yeah yeah so i was do you really still happy. get stage fright are there still situations where you still um when i'm filming a special mm. i definitely feel those butterflies I, uh, I, anytime a filming is involved, the butterflies come into play, which reminds me one of the biggest time I ever got the, the biggest stage fright I have gotten since being a professional comedian was doing my stand up on Conan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it and that was, was like 2014, something like something that. Like that. that. Fif- 14 or 15. Okay, yeah. 2014. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I never get stage fright with live shows because I'm like, if I mess up, you just Who keep cares? going. Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. But if I know it's being filmed, the butterflies, I feel them right away. And uh, and so I I knew my five minutes. And that was my debut stand-up for Late Night was with you guys. And um, So you kind of owe it to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you guys pretty on. much did all this. Chelsea Schmelsey. <laughs> and they go, do you want cue cards? And I said, um, I go, yeah, well, you know, why not? Because just in case these butterflies come up, It'll be good to just have like a, a like a something that outline. Yeah, that yeah, gets me out of it. That, so yeah. I do my first joke. It goes great, and then it, the OCD in me is like, I'm gonna just take a glance at the cue cards, and I look over at the cue card guys sitting on the ground with the cue cards on his lap, and I'm like, Oh no, 
Oh, oh no! <laughs> hey, fucker! <laughs> so, so the rule follower in me is like, he, wait, the the cards are supposed to be yeah, up. Yeah, so teacher, I, so teacher. I can't get, I can't call up my next joke. So I start going, um, um, and I remember I looked at Conan. <laughs> I looked at you, and you guys were just kind of politely like, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I kind of stumbled back into my set, and afterwards, the, um, it was a JP. It was, yeah, JP. Runs over. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I didn't, like, the. it somehow it got lost in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the pipeline that, that, about the cue cards, and um, it was edited. It, you would never know, but right. I think of that all the time when I'm like, when someone's like, do you get stage fright? I'm like, it can happen. Yeah, you just yeah. never know. Well, cue cards are a dangerous thing, too, because yeah. you either got to use them. I've found, mm-hmm. like, because I've been in situations where the, where the I'm half memorized. And I'll be like, you want cue cards just to help out? Bit? Yeah. Sure, yeah. And just to refer to them doesn't work. It you either got to yeah. read them all or or not have them at all. Exactly, because it, yeah. in between just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and now... Because you get the option for um, that when you film a special. Like, yeah. you can have... And I opted not to have it last time. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? It doesn't... At that point, you should know your stuff. Right. You've been do- doing it so much. It really can just, like, mess with you because you're you're not thinking about the joke anymore. You're like, what's on this right. thing? So it was a good lesson for me. But you yeah, guys were so reading. lovely. Oh, and thank it, you. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 but I just remember thinking... This feels like three minutes of ums. And you, know, you and Conan are just both smiling real <laughs> Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah. A TV time is so strange because it can seem it can seem like forever. Yeah. And then it can also seem like no time at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like you do I, doing interviews and stuff. Like there's so many people would be, you know, because it's like seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Especially in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. They'd be done. They'd be like, what? That, that was... That was eight minutes? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, plenty. Right. Yeah. That was plenty. Now get the fuck out. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, get out. Um, was it hard? I mean, now that, you, now that you're, now that you I mean, you're happily married now. I'm assuming happily. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you want to break am. any. Let's ask her. Right. <laughs> We've got it right here. Come on out, Jax. Um, you're married now. The mm-hmm. So, you, you know, I think going on the road. It, it, you know, it's not as much of it, but was it hard to maintain a relationship when, as a touring comedian? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, just trying to have a dream yeah. is hard to to have a big dream and to also try to have a life. Yeah. Don't always go hand yeah, in hand yeah, together. Yeah. So before Jax, I was not having much luck with mm-hmm. dating and having a relationship. And I really wanted one. Um, but just was not meeting, you know, quality people right. or the ones that made sense at the time. So I did I did dating and things, but I was always was it were you doing app type stuff or was um, that still a little early? It's still for a that? little early for that. I think I because you guys have been together like nine, nine years. Nine years. Yeah. yeah. I think I went on um one of one of those apps uh, right kind of like six months before I met her, and um I had two experiences. I wrote 
two girls and they both happened to be dating each other <laughs> and had not told had not told each other that they were still on this app and wow. i was like what are the odds like oh my god so i have a type that and was so do they wild yeah. and uh so that went nowhere um, and then, of course, those two broke up eventually. Yeah. Um, and then another one was like, it was too much. I, I like, we chatted for like one co- tiny conversation. And the next day, she was like, I'm in a hot tub. I'm like, sounds promising. With my family, not promising. <laughs> and like, come, she's like, she's inviting me to like go hang out with her family in a hot tub. I'm like, I don't know you. What family? Like her mom and dad or her and, husband and children? No, like mom and dad. Wow. And, and I'm just like, I don't know you. And I cannot go be in a hot tub yeah, with no you kidding. and your family. Right, right, right. Um, so Especially it, a yeah, hot tub. I know. Yeah. Um, which I guess. Come get in the boiling cauldron with us. For sure. All that, all those germs yeah. and strangers. And so <laughs> I think I deleted the F like right then and yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just hard to. I was always working at it. Yeah. Like I was at the Growlings or at the comedy store or with my own group. And so my focus was always on that, like the dream. Yeah. Um, and it didn't leave a lot of room for the other part. Um, and so I had to, I had to date some duds, yeah. um, you know, and then kind of just thought I was in my th- early 30s and just kind of like, I don't, this is too hard. I'm not going to focus on trying to meet somebody. Yeah. And it that old thing that, People say that you yeah. think is a load of crap. You'll meet somebody when you least expect it. Right, right. It really did happen. I right. I went to Pride in Chicago, and she literally walked up, and I'm just like, it can't be that easy. <laughs> after all these duds, you know, after all these failed connections, is it really going to be this easy? Yeah, and it was. And what was? I mean, what was she just like? Hi, I'm here to fulfill your fantasies. <laughs> she did say. Yeah, wow. which is pretty great. Wow. No, um, she, her friend had, was used to watch Chelsea lately. Oh. And really, and wanted a picture, and Jack is like, who cares? Like, just go ask her. Like, she's Right, right. She's not, cause, and knowing, knowing my wife now, she's not very, it takes a lot to impress her. Yes. And being on Chelsea lately did not impress yes, her. Yes, she's yes. like, what else do you have to offer? Yes. That's great, but also, like, what else? And also, that's. I mean, I speaking for me too. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that's unimpressed, like that—that's so attractive. Yeah, for sure. Like, what? Oh, I don't matter to you very. <laughs> I don't rank very high on your. Oh, baby, come on, Boom. let's get started. <laughs> yeah. So I had I uh, I assumed they were together, and then fifteen minutes later, they came back saying the picture didn't turn out, and I go, sure it didn't. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I left an earring. <laughs> kind of got... I got some, like, false confidence, because I really did not have a lot of confidence. Yeah. With women, I came out late and kind of had to learn all those dating mistakes yeah. in my 20s that people got to make when they were 16. So I got this false sense of confidence. So, like, oh, maybe... Is she trying to talk to me? Like, and we just kind of, like, Started talking and get running into each other all night and ended up hanging out a lot that weekend and mm-hmm. and did the long distance thing. We were like, oh, maybe there's something here. Because you were in L.A. and she was mm-hmm. still in Chicago. Yeah. And then just realized, oh, this is this is my lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we um a year into it, she was a kindergarten teacher 
So, and I was touring, so we would meet on the road, and um, I was exhausted. She was exhausted. Yeah. So, like, a year into it, we're like, something's got to give. Yeah. We're either doing this or we're breaking up. Yeah. Um, so, she she made that sacrifice to move to L.A. Yeah. Give up. She gave up a lot, but, you know. Thank- she, gave, she gave up nothing. <laughs> Compared to what she got, she gave up That's nothing. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But is she teaching out here? Does she teach? She did at first. Yeah. Um, she loves Chicago because uh, she taught in, in these these areas that really needed a lot of help and she felt like she could make a difference and she was amazing at it and then got to LA and, you know, taught in places she didn't feel like she couldn't make as much of a difference in. Yeah. And she was tired. 13 yeah. years of teaching 24 five-year-olds. Oh. She would come home and like pass out at like hell 6 yes. p.m. And my career started getting busier and busier and crazier and crazier and, and my tours started amping up and we're like, we'll never see each other if, you know, we don't live so, together. Yeah, yeah, and so she ended up um, going into subbing. Uh, she stopped full time, started subbing, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, and then she's like, "Well, I'm not going to teach five year olds right, on right, Zoom." Right. So that was kind of that. Now she's like a, a jack of all trades. With helps me a lot with my career and oh good as a producer on my specials. Oh and nice. We're always running ideas, and we're just like a team. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't cause conflicts you know like it work no. slash personal yeah she used to tour with me a lot yeah. and that was a lot of time together like well we are seeing each other a lot yeah uh and i did so many and s- at your best and too. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> eating the worst food together yes, yes um that this tour she's like you go do your thing yeah and i'll see you in three days right and that's been i think the better i think the so better too thing. Yeah. yeah you know i still i i you know, like I just recently had a job that we moved into. A, we bought an old house, renovated, mm-hmm. half renovated, yeah. and it's still moved in. And then, like the next day, I got a job in Atlanta for oh, ten boy. days. Oh yeah! <laughs> and there was a part of me that was like, "Yes, yeah, for like, sure." House full of boxes. <laughs> yeah. Leave this poor woman behind Ooh. with our daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Hotel room. That's right. Room service. <laughs> yes. I know. Same with her. Like, there's been a couple instances where there's been a, a big task. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got to go film. Sorry. Like, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And and then she's at home and she gets bored and she's like, fine, I'll just do it. And I'm like, oh, you should wait for me to get home. <laughs> she's like, you fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But she's yeah, she's pretty great. She keeps she holds our life down like she is in she is the boss of all our things. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No. I. Yeah. That's let somebody else do that. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm useless. I yeah. got one skill. It's on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I just always have had to be. You know, I've gone through a lot. Like I've always said too. Like me being a, a sidekick is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like I'm. I, I don't want to be number one. Yeah. You know, like, I yeah. like being number two because, like, yeah. number one has a lot of bullshit involved. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of work involved. So I'm always kind of been like, no, you know, okay, you decide. What yeah. do you, whatever we do. And then, you know, and, like, even in, in relationships mm-hmm. and stuff, like, on vacation and, you know, like, well, yeah, okay, what are you guys going to do? Okay, yeah. that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but then, you know, then the backside of that is, like, is the, you know, once every six months, how come I never get to decide anything? <laughs> and I have to answer. Well, because you yeah. never step up. Right. You know, you're, yeah. you're weakling. 
Well, no, you're just like chill. You're easy going. I, I you know. know. I know. I know. But then there's there. But they they could never tell the difference between like. Hey, I actually would like to do that thing. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, right. Like we're gonna listen to what you want. <laughs> Forget it. I well, have an opinion too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything you you've left undone? Like, are you you got any? Oh, I mean, I, there's a lot of things I'd like to still do. I mean, yeah. I've been lucky to do a lot of acting after Chelsea. I I. I did uh, three seasons of the Mindy Project, which oh right was really amazing. Yeah, Mindy's like helped like really propel my acting part of my career. Like yeah. she opened a lot of doors for me there. Um, and also was it on the job training or did you take yeah. a lot of classes? Yeah, because that's what I find. Was, yeah, on the job. You, somebody pays you to do it, you learn at a tenfold for the rate sure. that you do at class. Yeah, yeah. I had done some like guest spots on some sitcoms or whatnot, but most of my acting training was the ground yeah. legs. Uh, I didn't really do. I did some acting classes, but they are. I always found them sometimes. They're stupid. <laughs> I was like, I can't because people take themselves so seriously. Yeah, yeah. And the comedian in me was dying. Yes, dying. No. And um, so yeah, I learned a lot of stuff working for her and on that show. Yeah. And the writing was like so good that I never had to worry about any material. Right. Um, being so embarrassed I, yeah, or being something shitty. I just got to yeah. learn. I, I had three seasons of just learning a lot of stuff. Um, so the acting part of my career really started then. Um, so I've gotten to do a lot of projects, a lot of acting projects. But my big, my next big goal would be to be a bigger thing. Like Fubar with, this, with Arnold, I got to do a lot more there. But I'd really love to like be a bigger part of a movie like yeah. to be you know one of two or three leads in yeah, a movie yeah. that, and i and i write movies i have like four um just sitting there that i'm like trying to get you should show them to people you know what does anybody <laughs> want to see a movie um me and uh and my best friend is jillian bell who's hilarious we we have a, a movie that I, uh we're trying to get off the ground we're close and we hope that yeah. something will come of that um, and that would be a huge, like, accomplishment yeah. if I could get that. Would you done. be happy to sell a, a script that you're not in? Yeah, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, I would love to, yeah, because why not? It's there. If, yeah. it's, if nothing's going to happen to it with me, why not? Um, but this particular one that we're doing, like, we both believe in it so much yeah. that we're just like, just let us do this. Let us be in it. And yeah. so I would love that process of writing something, and taking it all the way creatively from the producing and the writing to the acting to like yeah. it's up there. Um, so that that would be the next thing. And just, you know, continue to try to grow my stand up. I've been growing it slowly, piece by piece from like, you know, little clubs to like, you know, meeting every single person after each club, trying to like grassroots grow that stand up to now I'm in these really beautiful, amazing theaters and I, I keep seeing that grow. I would love to just, you know, keep seeing where stand-up can take me and yeah. and, and evolving that um, part of my career. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty happy with a lot of the stuff I've done. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe write a book at some point. I yeah. don't know, you know. Um, but the goal ultimately is longevity, trying yeah. to do this as long as they'll let me. Yeah. And as long as I can keep creating ideas and at, there are times where i'm like even at this point in my career where i do feel like there's a lot more to do i'm like 
what else can I possibly say? <laughs> you know, you have oh, these moments yeah, yeah. of like, I'm not interesting. Yeah. I got nothing for you. Oh my God, tell me and about it. And you just it. have to dig deeper. Yeah. What, now, what else is there? I mean, I got to, I get projects and you know and especially right now it's you know with it the strikes just being over mm-hmm. and and having plenty of time on my hands but yeah. there's a lot of you know like i gotta really i gotta put an iron into a fire here somewhere <laughs> yeah. so i'll sit down and there's just some days where like because a book is is mm-hmm. something that's in on my radar to do too is yeah. to write a book and i'll be like all right today i'm going to focus on the book and then it's just it's a day where i feel like i'm an idiot and I don't know anything, <laughs> yeah. and I'm garbage, and everything, you know, all the nice things people say to me are just out of pity. Oh, you know, no. it's like, it's like no, no, this is not the day <laughs> yeah, to write yeah. the book. I was like, maybe don't I write sh- that day. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should work on something else that um, day. no good. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll order things off the internet That's right. that I don't need. Um, I think hosting something would be fun, too, like. Uh, like a game show. Oh yeah, no, I'd I'm, love I'm, to give people a car. I have been, I have been, and I mean, and I do that kind. I've done uh-huh. that kind of work, and that's like, I, you know, honestly, if I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be, but you know, a big regular game show, especially, mm-hmm. oh, I'll go away. Yeah, you put me on a game show, <laughs> yeah. and that's all you'll ever, you know, and that's all you want to see yeah. me on. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it sounds and I, fun. And I love game shows. Mm-hmm. I really do enjoy them. The only thing I don't ever like is when I work on a, when I've worked on game shows where they're not. They're like the game doesn't really matter. I know, it's really like, about. I'm, I'm like, here? well, and what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, you know, yeah. like the game matters. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> You know, like you can't just give out points willy nilly. There has to be rules. You know? uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that stuff. Or like one of those. Can I can I host a show about cake? I want to. Yeah, have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some kind of sweets. Uh, yeah, yeah. That I, I think that would be a fun thing to do too. Just because I like interacting with everyday people. Yeah, you know, and and getting out of this bubble that that we're in a lot of times being in L.A. and in Hollywood. I like just like let me just yeah let's play for a washing machine or <laughs> let me see a bake a cake yeah, whatever yeah, it is. yeah exactly yeah that exactly. would be fun at some point yeah well what do you um i'm sure that people you know will ask for advice or sort of you know look to you to like you know because you've had like you know you said it yourself you're coming from what could definitely be called left field to get mm-hmm. to where you are today for, you know, you went yeah. in North Carolina, nobody was going to be like, you know, you know, you're going to be selling out theaters. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, you know, which I relate to very much. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you have, if that's given you a perspective on it that you like to share. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it definitely taught me that there as cliche as it sounds, there really is no dream that you can't at least try yeah to accomplish yeah if or even get to an approximate yeah you know I kind mean, of accomplishment of if it. yeah you you could you could at least be in the orbit you know like yeah. um to think like oh that's impossible i mean it's maybe like you said won't acquire that certain thing but you can get close or you could get a lot of other cool things on the way to trying yeah uh, so I'm always like, why not? Why yeah. not? You know, like Casey Kasem said, shoot for the stars. Right, right. If you miss, you at least land among the, what, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, so I'm always a, a proponent of that. Ha- have a, the dream be as big as you want it. Uh, you do have to work hard. Yeah. The, you know, my my follow up would be, well, it ain't just going to land in your lap. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hard work that, that goes into this. And I've been out in L.A. for 20 years um, working steady for the last 14 of those. Um, but it, it required sacrifice, time effort and and the even in success that workload doubles um so you have to be willing to do the work and if if you're in comedy the the writing is essential i never knew writing was going to be such a big part of my career and i would suggest people write notes take like i i use my iphone like the note section yeah something funny happens or I see something, I just jot it down yeah. right there and that I have it. And then uh, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, you got to get on stage. There's no other way around it. You just have to. Yeah. You got to, you, you can't. And one show a week is not enough. I, I mean, I have stand-up friends that I have to say that to or still where I'm like, this is not enough. Yeah. And um, so you, you have to just have the dream, have the vision of what you want. Mm-hmm. Like it, and, and 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 be working towards specific goals, yeah. Um, and and that helps too. To kind of just be flailing about is hard. Like I was lucky to find comedy because I was like, well, now I know what I'm working towards. Yeah. I, I I always hate it for when people don't know. Well, I don't even know what the goal is. I mean, right there, that's like, how do you? What do you do then? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Then you're you are just kind of like flailing about, but if you're like I like this really thing, I'm going to work towards this thing. I think it's very helpful. Yeah. So when yeah. you say when you say like uh, that, you know, like once a week stand up isn't enough. Mm-hmm. What are what are the, are you just talking about so that you can sort of main you know like get acquire intangibles, or is it is it just like is there just a commanding of the stage that you um, you know? Well, I. I just think that stand-up is a profession that requires a lot of hours put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, people have that 10,000-hour rule with sure. anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. So to do it once a week, you're just kind of dabbling in I it. See. Um, I see. And I had my roommate he sat me down when I, I, where I thought I was working really hard in my 20s. And he was an, a, an assistant director on a lot of um, these films. Like, on the, he was working his way up. He was the went from PA to AD and all these things. And he was working with very successful people. And so he was kind of clocking, like, what are they doing that's different than these the people that aren't in their position? Mm-hmm. And it was that they were putting in all this work. And he sat me down and he was like, listen, if you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, then you're not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm working, I'm I'm watching all these very successful people, and the one thing they have in common is that they are working their ass off. Yeah. And what you're doing is not enough. And it was like some tough love that I needed to hear. And uh after that, I just was like, shows all the time. But yeah. it made me better. Yeah, yeah. I got I got better at the craft. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I know I think that's plenty for these people. 
You yeah. people out there, that's enough. This is now no- go be comedians, all of you. <laughs> this is not a one of those acting classes, TED yeah. Talks. Right, right. You got to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is free shit. Of course, it's not going to be very useful. <laughs> yeah, you. I'll teach you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fortune, thank you so much for coming and hanging thank with you, me Andy. today. This it was, was great awesome. to see you. Yeah, you and uh, you are now in your. Uh, this is the plugs part. Okay. Um, you are uh, currently touring around North America. Mm-hmm. Pretty vague. Well, uh, you know. For your Live, Laugh, Love show. <laughs> that is the name of That's it. <laughs> very nice. Thank God somebody's somebody's finally taking Live, Laugh, Love seriously. I'm bringing it back, baby. Yeah. It's not just going to be on my mom's wall. <laughs> it's going to be part of my act. I'm also going to Europe. What? I know that's they didn't say that. They didn't say that. London and Amsterdam. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, those are both really fun towns. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've I'm ever all been, over the have place. Have you ever been to Amsterdam or London? Oh uh, yeah, I yeah, have. Yeah. yeah. I never. I've performed in London, but not Amsterdam. Yeah. I was gonna do this big whole European tour, but my schedule just got too crazy. So, yeah. Ah, uh, so this is um, I I wanted to do something over there, um, but yeah, and then I'm gonna film my next special in Seattle. Nice. Yeah, we're going to um, have that in the spring. So if people want to see a Netflix taping. Will it still be called Live, Laugh, Love? Or? I think I'll... Usually my tour name and my special name are different. I'll probably okay. come up with something different. All right. <laughs> you also co-host the podcast Handsome mm-hmm. with Tig Notaro and Mae Martin, where, they feel, where you guys field a question from a friend each week and try to answer it together. Yeah. And is it is it ever useful information or is it? No, useful? it's completely useless. Yeah, that's what I no, figured. It's been this very um, unexpected uh, podcast. Tig wanted to do a podcast with us, and and we were all just kind of like, I guess, sure. Like, yeah. Tig's like the queen of podcasts, and and we went into it just kind of like, well, this will be a fun thing to do, and we're like almost at 5 million downloads wow. like three and a half months in. Damn. It, and how often do you do them? Or is it once, a weekly? It's once a week. And, wow. And it has just taken off in a way that we did not expect. So That's amazing. It's, it's us giggling for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We, we kind of, the beginning part, we just sort of catch up and all of us know each other and are friends, but we're, we don't know each other well. Yeah. So we're getting to know each other as we go, which is kind of fun. That is fun. To, yeah. To see. And and then we have someone ask us a question. It can be anything. Yeah. And we go from there. Um, that's the second half of the podcast. And then that person also answers that question. So just something something fun. And, and like I said, very unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. It's like, you know, it's like it. what radio used to be mm-hmm. well like good radio used to be yeah interesting funny people yeah just talking just about chat, stuff. Just yeah. chat. so one person was like what's this podcast about i'm like does it matter <laughs> about it's about an hour it's free you didn't pay for it uh, you also uh because you're just greedy you got another podcast yeah uh, called sincerely fortune yep that and- one's my own but I, that one's kind of taking a little hiatus because oh really yeah I'm just just busy. Just busy. Mm. Uh, and would well, I mean, but you just put it out there, or is it you got it, a contract I, with somebody no, and they're like, "Give us more." No, I had done it on my own, yeah. so I was the I wanted to be the boss of it, yeah, because I wanted it to do it as long as it made sense, and then when I couldn't do fun, it, yeah. you know, scale it back. It might come back at some point. My mom was on there a lot with me. Yeah, and people really like her because I also do a um, radio show with Tom Papa. 
Oh, nice. And uh, for Netflix, it's called uh, What a Joke. And it's on SiriusXM. And that's two hours a day for four days a week. No shit. You're doing so. that. For, oh, wow. I was unaware yeah. of that. Yeah. So wow. you got to come on. We'd love to have oh, you. Oh, I would love yeah. to be on. I love Tom. We and just you. talk about comedy. Yeah. We just talk about comedy and, and life and whatever's going on in your world. And uh, it, we're on, yeah, year four. So. Wow. I, I do That's a lot great. of talking. I guess <laughs> now you know why I'm like, but what can do, I possibly? How say? can you? How can you manage that? Do you? Do, I mean, do you do it remotely sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like where you're in a motel room? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do it live at SiriusXM pre-pandemic. We were waking up at five a.m., which you know for a stand-up comic yeah, is like a nightmare, right? Um, and then the pandemic hit, and we're like, are we really going to wake up at? 5 a.m. when the world's ending. Right. So we started uh, taping a day ahead. At I see. 10 a.m. Yes. And uh, it is a lot, a lot more easy to do. And now we have equipment that we take on the road. Oh, nice. So we're always in wow. some place with some headset that looks like we're taking your order at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> And you also have a new Netflix movie. Oh no, it's all, yeah, it's out already. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Family Switch with uh, Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms. Yeah, I just have a little part in it. I did um this family movie yesterday with Jennifer Garner, and it was the same producers. And they said, "You want to come do another fun little part where you act ridiculous?" And I said, "Absolutely, right, yeah, sure." So yeah, it's a fun family movie that's that uh, just came out. That's well, great. Uh, anybody. Can watch. Well, you can. I mean, people can apparently watch or listen to you uh, uh, all the anywhere. time. Just, I, it's never ending. I know. I yeah. got. I got two specials on Netflix: uh, Good Fortune and Sweet and Salty. If you want to, if anyone wants to check out that, right. I don't know. Check it out. Well, thank you again for coming. <laughs> thank you, bud. It's so great good to, to talk you. to you. Yeah, and thank all of you out there for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week with more three questions. I mean, it's the same three questions. (laughs) The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't it showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Save big money on everything for your spring projects. 
at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Say big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save 